That's why you can find the Eucharistic celebration in the practice of Christianity in every generation going back to the beginning. There's no break in the tradition. It didn't show up 40 years ago. <laughs> and somebody came up with a great idea and instituted it. It's been around from the beginning. We always did it this way. And so he gives us this. He commanded it, and so we obey. And from the midst of that, he commands from his descent to death, and from the midst of that, we are given a tool and an operation for life. Uh, now think of what we're doing here. Think of what we're doing here. I mentioned this in the class a few weeks ago. For those of you who are in class, forgive me for repeating myself. But it's important that we grasp this. What is this action that we do? Well, it's an oblation, an offering. An offering of what? Praise and thanksgiving, an offering of our time. We spend an hour in the morning or an hour and a half or two hours, whatever it is, on Sunday morning or any time of feast day. What do you mean an offering? It is his offering, his offering of himself. God becomes man in order and goes down into the very experience that humanity has introduced, i.e. death. He goes down into death and transforms it by his very presence. It's not death separated from God anymore. It is death as a step on the journey to experiencing God because he's there as well as here and everywhere. And so it's an oblation. It's an offering of ourselves. And it's an offering of him uh, it, to God the Father as life. It is an offering in every sense of the word that one can think of what it is. It's also a sacrifice. You know, in the Protestant Reformation, some of the reformers got, were offended by the word sacrifice because it seems that in the Middle Ages, some Roman Catholics said that, that the word, that this concept of sacrifice in the mass meant that Christ was re-sacrificed on the altar. That's not what the church said. That's not what the Catholic Church said. But that's what some people understood. And so many reformers tried to get that word sacrifice out of the liturgy so no one would misunderstand. But we must understand. We can't take the word away. It is a sacrifice. He sacrificed his life. We offer him up on the altar. We offer ourselves to him. We sacrifice. That's what sacrifice is. All the sacrifices of the Old Testament are each types of the sacrifice of God incarnate, going into death, willingly entering in death, into death in order to transform us and all of creation. It is a sacrifice. It is an anomnesis, a remembrance, not to remember as we remember. I remember that I did this when I was 14 years old and I studied Judaism in the 70s. You know, That's to remember. It's anomnesis. It means to bring into the present something which happened at another time, point in time. And so it is an anonymous, a remembrance. It is, it is eternal. Its whole quality is eternal. So the same mass that was said two centuries ago, two millennia ago, is the same mass we're saying. And we're one with those people who did that when we do it. It is the Passover. God passes over us when we enter into this action that he has given us. He turns his eyes away from our sins and forgives us. It is the Passover in that sense, in all the sense that it was the Passover in the beginning. It is the body and blood of Christ. Not it represents or it sort of is a type or a figure, a figure of characters. It is. He said, this is my body. And he who eats and drinks, as we heard in the epistle today, unworthily eats and drinks judgment upon himself. So it is the body and blood of Christ. And therefore, it is a communion in the very life of God. Consider this. When we take communion, every one of us receives the blood, the lifeblood of Christ into his being. We share that. That makes us kin. The blood of Christ is in all of us. 
however unworthily we deceived. So it is the body and blood of Christ. Take that away, that is a way, and what do you got? It's a signification of something, but who knows what? Who cares? That doesn't make a difference to me, but if we know it is, what does that say to us? Especially when we just get short with one another and we want to dislike somebody because of something. This is our brethren in Christ here who has the same blood in them. And we should treat each other the way we treat family in the world. You know, family can do no wrong. Well, that should be the way we look at each other. You can do no wrong because we have the blood of Christ in us. And it is a manifestation of eternity. There's an eternity, eternal quality of all of this. And it's manifested in our midst in this action. This is not just some little ritual that we go through. Eternity is breaking through. This is why we have intercessions in this. Because when we do this, the doors of eternity are open. And eternity is right here in this place. Right here in this place. Right here in this place. So we offer up intercessions for people, even for those who died 50 to 100 or 300 or 1,000 years ago, because in eternity it doesn't matter. There's no such thing as chronology of time in eternity, except that it shares in eternity. That chronology is eternal. And if you think you've figured it out, the Mass is all of that and more. Christ said, do this. In the midst of his descent to his own passion on Good Friday, he gave us this gift. Wow. And do we take it seriously? Well, I hope we do. We should. We must. This is why we do it all the time. Can we come up with any better idea as to what we can do every Sunday? Fortunately, you and I are not worship ministers, so we can have to figure that one out. We just do as we're told. And this is why. Well, having said all of that, store that one up, because that's part of the focus of this celebration. But secondly, at the end of it, there's the stripping of the altars. You know, the, it's believed by some scholars that the liturgy we do tomorrow, the first part of the liturgy at least, is the closest to the original form of the liturgy of the Word uh, that we have in the church. Now, I don't know if that's true. I think it probably is. We don't really know historically for certain. Uh, but if that's the case, then we have 2,000 years of doing this and adding prayers to it, not to change it, but adding prayers that are the result of people like you and me who did these prayers and were so caught up in it that devotions grew out of them. And the church adapted those devotions and added them to the Mass. It's at the beginning and the end, in both the Eastern and the Western rites, the liturgy grows from the center out to the ends. And, all, and in this night, then, that's, some of that might be called ornamentation. There are all kinds of actions and things that we can do, you know, if, 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 I, if, if we make, I make, we make this, if we mention the Trinity, we make the sign of the cross. You know, we, we do certain things we kneel, we, we, we genuflect, we bow down. That's, that's ornamentation. Think about taking all that away. On this night, we take all of that away. And you've seen this, many of you have. You've seen this, when this area gets stripped and there's nothing left but a blank table and all of this stuff is gone, it's sort of frightening to look at. And what it's telling us is, without Christ, this is nothing. This is nothing. And yet with Christ, it is everything. And it's transformed. And, and 
that's a part of it. Do this. He wants us to understand this so that we come here not to fulfill some secular worldly obligation to do our duty or whatever our religious responsibility is, but to encounter this, to experience this. This is what he wants. This is the mandata, the command. Foot washing is, is related to that in a peripheral way. I would like to add something humorous that I read about today about that, and that was some of the earliest, this came out of the Catholic Encyclopedia, some of the earliest forms of the, of the foot washing had to do with bishops and abbots who were forced to do this for new people in their diocese and their monasteries because washing the feet was an act, an ancient act of, of courtesy and respect to a newcomer. And so the clergy were forced to do it. Isn't that interesting? That reminds me of, you know, in, Ethiopia, in Egypt, in the Coptic church, when a patriarch is elected from among the monks, he's put in chains and dragged in chains to the patriarchal seat where he's forced to be the patriarch. <laughs> That's the way all of us ought to feel about this. We should have to be forced into it because we're frightened by the awesomeness of it. And that's what that action does. In any case, what do we do about this? Well, just simple things that always do this. When you come, recognize the importance of the work we're doing. This work, this particular thing. Recognize the importance of it. There is nothing else greater in the world we can do. Participate it in, participate in it as much as possible. You know, well, I went to Mass on Sunday, well, I don't need to go again. I went to Christmas, and I went to Easter, and I don't need to go again. Yeah, we do. We can't get enough of this. We should come as much as is possible. And it's new, and eternity breaks open for us in a new way every time. And when we get here, we should focus on the content. You know, it's so easy. The devil's at work. He does not want us to discover what I'm talking about here. He doesn't want us to discover it. So he's at work the minute we walk through the door. Did you see what so-and-so was wearing? Uh, and did you see that priest coming in here with his stole over his left arm? What's wrong with that guy? And where are their berettas anyway? You know, they can't be real priests. You know, that's, that's typical of the kind of assaults we all get because he does not want us to focus on what's happening. Peter Craig said it's pretty sad. I think C.S. Lewis said something along the same lines. The speck of dust on the shirt of the person in front of you is more important than the eternal sacrifice on the altar that is happening right in our midst. It's true. You know, look at the dust of the floor. I still remember doing cleaning at a church many years ago and some lady took me aside and chewed me out for some dust that was on a piece of woodwork way up high there. Now I think about that and I, I needed the humility at the, time, at the time, but now I look back and I think, you know, she might have been fitting into that mold, I don't know. And my reaction to her fit into the mold. I got mad and resentful, you know, so that's the kind of thing we get out of focus. We want to stay focused on the content of this and what it means. And lastly, opened ourselves to this God who comes to us in this action. Do this. And this is what you will receive. He will come to us and be in us and transform us. This is the morning, the commandment. And this is to love one another in all of creation and most of all, the God who made us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.